Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined as always by G. Hay Wiley and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing on this beautiful rainy day in Southern California? Disappointed. The um, the weather reflects that game last night, so I'm just yeah, disappointed. <laughs> I would think that they would actually at least fight. You know, granted, 12 and a half points, I get it. And that's that's a I lot of points. Fine with twelve, like right. If it was a two touchdown game, <laughs> generally thought of as a blowout, that that w- that would have been a fantastic game compared to what we got. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it shows you shows you how wrong I was yesterday before the show. I was like TCU plus thirteen. That sounds like free money. I mean, yeah. I didn't bet, but man, they Vegas won a lot of money. Eighty percent of the bets went on TCU to cover, um, and they didn't. So, and they got a lot of money from Mattress Mac as well. Oh, like, right. yeah, yeah. You know what? He, he, I'm sure he has plenty of it to and spread by, the love. So. By the way, I, want, I wanted to bring up a point that I think you guys will agree on. And a lot of people talk about Stetson Bennett's age being 25, yeah. same age as Lamar Jackson. I, I, can we just get past this already? The guy's a winner. The guy yeah. built himself from nothing. He won two national championships. He, he has the ability to go play in the NFL. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he can be a starter, but he could for sure be a backup in the NFL and yeah. maybe even a starter. Why doubt this man? Everyone's bringing up his age. Do, do we forget Brandon Whedon was 28 at Oklahoma State when they beat Stanford in the Fiesta Bowl? Do we forget Russell Wilson was also 24-25 at Wisconsin after playing minor league baseball? Yeah. Like, age doesn't matter. Winners win. It doesn't matter oh, if he's yeah. 18 or 25. If he's an NFL quarterback, he'll be able to play. Look at Joe Burrow. He drafted a 23-24, right? Here's the thing. I totally agree with you. I think that Setson should be given a lot more consideration. I just think that his ceiling isn't as high. Like, that's their concern, is NFL Scott's concern, right? Is that, you know, because of his age, it's yeah, they're, like, they're only going to be able to utilize him for X amount of years. Teams love, you know, like, if if you're 19, 20, 21, yeah. right, right. Right. But again, to your point, GK, it, it's more the ceiling. Like, right. how much more can you grow? We've seen him right now. I mean, I'm not saying 25 is his peak, but I mean, this is, he's a back-to-back champion. He is a winner. He, he He's a, he'll go down as one of the great college quarterbacks of all time. And now the question is, where does he sit? I mean, but I think a, his, his floor is like, it, like a less, to a lesser extent, like a Jimmy Garoppolo type. Like he's, they call him the mailman for a reason. He delivers like not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, but he yeah. delivers the ball where it needs to be. You know, we haven't seen him against NFL defenses, but exactly. this is a guy that he's never going to, none of his metrics are going to jump off of the board, but he gets the job done. Yeah. Right. And at the end of the day, how many NFL teams do we see that wish they had a quarterback that just gets the job done instead of, you know, a QB carousel, cough, cough, Colts or someone like <laughs> yeah, that yeah, or yeah. Raiders, you know, like they, they would die for a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? That just puts them in situations to win. So, yeah. I mean, listen, when, when you're looking for a per- 
prospective backup quarterback, like you said. I mean, you want a guy who's shown that, that he can win, come in there, do the job. And so we'll see where he lands. Uh, but yeah, let's let's spend a second talking about how terrible that, that that game was. There's bad games, but then there's historically bad games. Six, six, 65 to 7. I mean, that's just... Um, Hard to do in a national championship game because when you talk about TCU, they only lost one game all year and it's by one foot in their conference championship game. Didn't affect a thing. They go into that conference championship game ranked third. They lose by a foot, still ranked third. So, I mean, effectively really didn't lose all year. And then you go against Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. Again, people are thinking that they may lose that game. Found, found a way to win in a historically great game in the Fiesta Bowl. And again, yes, they, they, they were dogs by 14 points, 12 and a half, 13, 13 and a half, depending on what book you went to. But to lay an egg like that, I mean, it really puts that entire season, it, it, it just makes you feel a different way. Uh, again, it's one thing to lose. If they had lost that game by two touchdowns. You're like, listen, oh, that's expected. It's, yeah. it, it's expected. That was the point spread. George has been the best team all year. They are the defending national champions. But 65-7, to seven, then you start wondering, is this team a, a fraud? Which is a terrible thing to say about a team that, that hasn't lost all year. I hate to say but it. But 65-7, to seven, I, mean, I mean, that's just now. an embarrassment. That's yeah. an embarrassment. I mean, uh, the, you saw the memes people were posting. Even Bleacher Report with the one I posted on my story of, like, the clown and, the, and all the Marines yeah. walking into the facility. And there's one clown, and that's what they're saying, TCU, like, how they let them into this game i just think it goes back to i think the committee what this does is you could say it's good or bad for college football for next season depending on what your perspective is if you're on the good side the committee's going to look at this and say okay we need to get the four best teams in next year regardless yeah you know alabama was one of the four best teams i came in here and said that you know i know they I lost think generally speaking like even if they lose a game or two you know that they're one of the top four or five it, 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 exactly at least, at least in a 12 team well, playoff they're going to have that chance it, exactly and that's that's what's important about expanding this playoff we're going to see a lot more upsets especially if an sec team has three losses and gets in in a couple of years and is one of those you know top 12 teams Teams, they'll probably smack a Big 12 champion sure. in the first round, right? Exactly. Like we're gonna. That's why it's important. And for the four team, it's like it's so finite. Like it's hard to get it right. You know, I guess they got it right in the sense TCU pulled off an upset against Michigan and Ohio State played well against Georgia. But man, I don't know what TCU is doing all week to not prepare. And I mentioned this before, like before the show, Georgia was probably rusty against Ohio State. They hadn't played in a while and they had momentum, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with the 40. And Right, and when you have one month to prepare, now you could say it from both sides, but generally speaking, if you have a month to prepare, you you should make adjustments. that should be a good game. Now you have to remember when Jihei and I were growing up, we never got a good Super Bowl yeah. for years and years and years. The Super Bowl was not just bad; it was fifty two seventeen. we've seen this before. Again, uh, you know, it, this is more unique than than that than that then happens each year but 65 to 7 i mean that'll just go down as a historically like one of i think it's the worst game in national championship history yeah. but anyway, it, I, i'm not concerned about this being a, a trend but you bring up a good point I, I think in the future the teams that are five six seven eight that may have lost one bad game or yeah. had a bad uh you know one bad stretch they'll be in the college football playoff yep and so and that's um, their job right exactly Put the well, four that, best teams in yeah but here, but here's the other here's the you know just playing devil's advocate here because i agree with you you should put the four best teams in regardless of their, yeah you know 
ranking or what, what have you. Um, what about the latter? Now, now we have, you know, uh, what is it in, in, in a year, right? So we'll, this we'll upcoming year will be the last, last year, year of the four, four. Of the four. Of the four, and then moving forward, and yeah. then and then moving forward after yeah. that year, we'll have the, the twelve the team playoff. Yeah. So, are you in agreement now with like this twelve team like tier plan? Because if you put the twelve best or whatever in there, the be- twelve top rank, the event eventually. The top four are going to be exactly. the top four. I think exactly. to Brandon's point, it's that the, the, we are probably not going to see TCU in that four spot moving right. forward. Now, listen, they could go on a run, and we may still get a blowout. Like You, you, you cannot prevent a blowout. But at the end of the day, you're not going to have a TCU team that people are, are, are saying this entire year, who did they really play? It was a down year for the Big 12. If Oklahoma was not that good. Texas was not that good. They find a way to win. And again, the fact that they weren't even punished one bit for losing their conference championship game, I never liked that. Yes, they, they didn't lose a game all year. They lost the conference championship game, and they didn't even drop one slap. Well, yeah, that's because they didn't want a rematch between Michigan and Ohio State. Well, 100%, but, but it was just like, you know. Granted, like, they should have moved them before. Let's be exactly, real. Yeah. You know? Um. It did. Now, listen, I, I I cannot feel good about the way USC finished their season, but that game, uh, d- defensively, anyways, played out like I thought USC. Like I said, if USC plays Georgia, Brandon, they're going to give up sixty-five points to Georgia. Yeah, but at and least they'd score more than TCU. That's what I would say. That, that, would, that, that would be my one thing that I would tell you is that a Georgia USC semifinal in the Peach Bowl uh, would have been, you know, sixty-five to. 45 by, or something you know by the way get prepared listeners next season's going to be the best you'll ever see the pac 12 ever again because everybody's going to leave quarterbacks also. great quarterbacks you got bonix coming back somehow with eligibility coming back to <laughs> oregon cam rising i'm assuming i don't did he announce that i'm, I'm assuming sure. he'll yeah. come back yeah. I, he's not ready for the nfl um for utah and then we usc gets that game at home by the way thank gosh this year <laughs> exactly right instead of the road but they do have to go to oregon colorado's gonna be good don't get it twisted i know oh, they had Colorado's one gonna they're gonna be good really Deion's good. people give a lot of crap to Dion. he's one of the best coaches in college football i don't care what recruiters. anybody says yeah he's one, no, of, the best he's best one of the best coaches too okay i think so he's a great recruiter i think he's a great recruiter um, I think, think about this jackson state was terrible before he got there i know he brought in a lot of good players but what he's able to do with his philosophies of him playing the game at such an elite level and then teaching secondaries to be so good Colorado is going to get at least six or seven wins even in a tough Pac-12 and you know no one's expecting him to win 10 games yeah. and have this USC turnaround but he's a, he's a good football coach that's going to be a tough team Oregon State got DJ um, you know Ugal, what was it Uga Ugalele, yeah. or something. <laughs> the guy for the kid from Bosco yeah. who threw 97 miles an hour in high school, by the way, probably should have played baseball considering his Clemson career. But, you know, he's going to be good. And Oregon State might be the most underrated team in the in the Pac-12. They're going to be very good, right? So you've got all these teams. This is with, you know, SC and UCLA leaving. UCLA is going to be good, by the way. They got, yeah. they're going to yeah. play that freshman quarterback who's yeah. a stud. So um, good. Is good. So he might good. be a Heisman candidate for four years. That's how good he is. And then they got the running back through the training transfer portal and some they got some speed i mean chip say what you want about chip kelly he's always going to get some good players on the team right this is going to be the last the final year of how dominant the pac-12 is because obviously the departures of sc ucla and then we don't know what oregon and utah are going to do and what the big 12 is going to do in a possible um, partnership i'm just very excited for the Pac-12 this season, on the downside of Rosh, that means it's just that much tougher for SC to get go win out, you know, especially yeah. with that defense. Every game's going to be a shootout. We'll see. I still think, even with 
Grinch and their defense are going to go 12 and one or 11 and two this yeah. next year. They should be in the CIFP. It's an it's a, it's let's just say this. It's a dramatic failure. It's an epic failure if they do not get into the CFP with the best player in the country next year and what the, the offense are going to exactly. Have. And they should have been there this year. And I still believe if Caleb was healthy in, in the Pac-12 championship game gets hurt when they're up by 14, um, they would have found a way again. But I, I'm just telling you, uh, I really do believe that the Peach Bowl would have played out. Maybe not sixty-five to seven. I think it would have been a little bit. I mean, USC would have put up points, but they would have had no chance to beat Georgia. And listen, the, the best team this year won, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. What yeah. Georgia did to teams this year was crazy. Still, you would have liked a more competitive championship game. And beyond that, the rain and the wind, and and we do have to touch on this. I mean, you don't build a stadium here built for the rain. I get that. I mean, it's it's ninety percent of the time it's beautiful here. Yeah. At the same time, SoFi was so not prepared for the rain and the wind. People slipping, people falling. I know you, saw, you posted the videos. It's I so saw sad. two stretchers carrying out fans, and that's the last thing that you expect. Again, if you've been to SoFi, the the concourse for whatever reason that they built the floor of the concourse extremely slick not a problem if it's a perfect day but if it's wet i mean the the way people were sliding just trying to walk was was nuts and so um again you don't build a stadium here for the rain but you have to take into account that it may rain and and so it was it was an unfortunate day because, again, when you bid on these games, when you bid on the Super Bowl, when you bid on a college football playoff championship, you can't control the game. It's yeah. 65 to 7. Yeah. Terrible game. And you can't control the weather. A year ago, they get the Super Bowl. Great game, 23-20. Come down to the last game. And Home it, team wins. And it comes down <laughs> to the uh, game and the weather. The weather was beautiful, warm as Super Bowl. Hometown team there. And so... Um, you know, listen, I mean, this is not going to affect SoFi as they get future events. We'll be the home of, of of big games during the World Cup. We'll be the home of the 2020 uh, 20, um, Summer Olympics. So, yeah. I wanted to bring this up, too, before we move on. And I think you guys will be in agreement here. Georgia won the national championship last year. And for weeks up until, well, I think it was week five or six, till Alabama lost, they were not ranked first. Don't you believe if you're returning a lot of starters and you win a national championship until you lose, you should be ranked number one? No. No? I mean, no, okay. I, mean like, listen, I think you should maybe begin the season number one, right? But like, if, 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 if you have a, a national champion where the majority of the players leave, I mean, I don't know if it helps them to be ranked one. But listen, I, I, I think if you're a defending champion, you can begin the season as the top team. My other thing is preseason. I, yeah. I, I, always, I always feel you should give it a month. Like the way that they do the, uh, they rank the teams in the college football playoff. They don't do a preseason poll because that, that makes no sense. They usually wait a month. Uh, to rank the teams. Speaking of rankings, Brandon, your call, your your um, your um, the NBA rankings have come out. The Lakers are finally moving up. They're in the top half or closer to the top half of the league. Yeah. Uh, don't beat Denver last night. That totally makes sense. They know yeah, LeBron, no LeBron James. Um, but it seems like they may have turned a corner here. Yeah, no, they're, I mean, I think they've, look, we, we, we talk about them being an embarrassment and 
you know, recently they've shut a lot of people up. They really have. Thomas Bryan has looked, I mean, one of the best offensive centers in the league this season. There's no way around it. His PSA points per 100 shot attempts is like 148, which is the top in the league for yep. his usage percentage. And I know once he plays more minutes, that'll go down a little bit because it's on a permanent basis. The only guy ahead of him for his, for his, um, um, position is like Utah Watanabe, like as a forward, and he doesn't even play, right? So, uh, you know, he's great. Dennis Schroeder's been playing great. Uh, they're just, you know, once they get Davis back this week, yeah. it, they're going to be a different team. So, but I, I had to correct myself. So, Davis will begin the process of of coming back at some point. He will not come back this week. He will oh, next ramp week. up coming back. So, whether that's at the the, the end of the month or or hope, hopefully soon, but he will ramp up his ability to return to the court. So he will not come back this week. The way it was worded in the story, I think I, I misread it, but he will begin the process of ramping up and coming back. Um, let's also bring up the uh, Clippers. Uh, you know, we, we've kind of talked about them being, they've struggled, but the West is so wide open. They, they are still, I think, the sixth seed right now. Your, uh, your guys' thoughts on the uh, Clippers, Oh man, um, I mean they're a mess. I also think Grant's given up on them too soon. They Wait, stole- has Grant given up on the Clippers already? Yeah, for oh my sure. Gosh, I'm like, now. dude, come on now. They still got a good roster. They play defense. Well, they haven't recently, but they need to play defense. Their offense is never going to be great. Remember, right, Jihei? No, and I I agree with that, especially when you stick with the same rotation every single time. But um, which that's another that's another topic for another day. But um, I think that. Grant is just being a realistic Clipper fan because we're like, if you have been a fan since prior to the, um, you know, the, uh, the era of, of winning, yeah, you know, you're kind of pessimistic, right? Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not going to automatically be like, this is our year. We're not Yankee fans. We're yeah. not, you know, we're, we're not no offense. Cowboy fans. They're going to win the Super Bowl every single year. It's not, that's well, not real. Cowboys fans should know by now. The, you know? Well, so here's the thing they should, but like that's, that's an organization that consistently gives their, well, there's skepticism their for me too, oh. with the 49ers. I mean, we've yeah. choked in big games over the past couple of years, which is yeah. why there's some skepticism. The difference year. is at least San Francisco has gone to the conference championship game, gone right. to the Super Bowl. Now again, much like the Cowboys, Cowboys, they have not won since 96, but yeah. 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 Well, and so that's the same for Clipper fans. Clipper fans are just going to be very, the the true ones are going to be very, very pessimistic. They're going to be like, you know what? If we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. I can totally see like there's, there's sometimes there's shimmers of hope, you know, like when we got Kawhi, that was a shimmer of hope. When, when we got, um, when we got Chris Paul over you guys, that was a glimmer of hope. There's small little pockets, but it's not like at this current moment in time, I'm not giving up on them, but I'm definitely not gung ho that we're going to win a title. Yeah. Which I said that in the beginning of the season. And by the way, I mean, the, the, the talent is still there. And when you look at how wide open the West is, they, they, they still have that ability to, you know, find a way to kind of like turn that corner, get to the finals. Again, I think it would be big for them to get to the finals. Again, I think if they get there, they really do have to win. I mean, if, if they can find a way to go into their new arena, and by the way, that thing's coming along very nicely. I, I, again, I was at SoFi last night. You look across the street at, at the dome and it it's coming together quite 
nicely. Real quick before we go to break, Brandon, I want to get your thoughts. Carlos Correa, yeah. uh, six-year, $200 million contract with Minnesota. I've never seen anything like this. Again, he agreed to join the Giants. Problem with the physical. Agreed to join um, the Mets. Problem with the physical. Now has agreed to uh, come back, I guess, to the uh, Twins. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Yeah. I mean, have you seen anything like this? No, never, never. Uh, I mean, there's obviously a problem with his with his health um, in past, and they think it'll affect his future production as he ages. And that's smart. I mean, these teams are smart. I think the Mets and Giants are dodging a bullet if there is, in fact, a problem with his health in the past as he ages. Yeah, know? I mean, the, you know, the problem is... A- a six-year contract. So, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think that's why the uh, joke is that Carlos at some point, you know, we'll, we'll see if this trade actually happens. Again, I'm not going to believe until he signs yeah. the contract, has the press conference, but it's not just year one or two or three. It's it's a six-year deal. Yeah, and I think that obviously that's the main concern, right, is the fact that that's how many years he wants. And obviously yeah. these guys are smart enough to know if you're, if you're not, if you're having physical issues, right, and you're not passing that physical Maybe it's just time to move on from you. Yeah. And so, again, generally speaking, when it gets to the point of, you know, Jeff Passan and John Heyman and, and these guys reporting on the actual contract structure, I've never seen it happen three times. Again, he agreed to a deal with the Giants. That fell apart. He agreed to a deal, a deal with the Mets. That fell apart. And now has presumably, we'll see, agreed to a deal with the Twins. We'll see if that happens or if he agrees to a deal with a fourth team coming up. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, the sports god himself, Dave Smith. When we come back on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited to get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our good friend the sports god himself dave smith dave how are you oh good what's up Arash? not much dave okay we had a historically bad college football playoff national championship i mean there's bad games and then there's 65 to 7 dave i mean uh put into context how bad that game was and what, if you're a tcu fan what does that mean Wow. Well, I I think if I'm a TCU fan, it was a great season. I know that was embarrassing last night, but uh, they were picked to finish seventh in the Big 12 before the season started. They were a 200-to-1 shot. Uh, Max Duggan wasn't even the starting quarterback in week one. So I think when they look back on this, they'll say it was 
maybe the greatest season in the history of that school, making it all the way to the national championship game. And, and they were just completely overmatched last night on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's a complete mismatch. And it makes you wonder what happened in that Michigan game, because Michigan, it seemed like had them overmatched on both sides of the ball too. And TCU found a way to win. And Ohio state outplayed Georgia went for 58 minutes out of the 60 and should have won that game as well. So you know, we can talk about how great and dominant Georgia is, but they almost lost to LSU in the SEC championship game, but they almost lost to Kentucky this year. Ohio State should have beaten them. I don't know, maybe it was just a bad matchup last night for TCU, just the worst matchup possible. Exactly. Uh, Dave, we, we've been talking these last couple of years about Jim Harbaugh. Uh, again, you've seen firsthand how good he is as a coach in the National Football League. He's a good coach in college as well, but I, mean, I think he's he's the kind of coach that if you are a team that is a below 500 team, I mean, he, he, he can turn that program around your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh. Now that a lot of coach, now that a lot of teams out there are looking for a coach. I think he's a great coach. No doubt about it. I mean, university of San Diego, we turned him around his first year. And Arash, you remember when he went to Stanford, uh, they were, I think they were 0 12 the year before. And in his first year, uh, he pulled off the biggest upset in college football history, at least by point spread, defeating a Pete Carroll USC team as a 43 point dog. And what had him in the top 10 by his third year and winning bowl games. And then took the 49ers who were, I think five and 11 the previous year to the NFC championship game, a super bowl and another NFC championship game. He's a great coach. So uh, I would imagine a lot of NFL teams are going to come calling. Denver, maybe um, obviously the Indianapolis Colts and maybe some others as well. But, you know, Blake Corum announced yesterday he's coming back to Michigan next year and they've got McCarthy coming back. So I think uh, unless Michigan goes on probation and there's talk about there's an investigation going on, in which case I think he'll leave, I, I think he'll be back in Michigan next year. Yeah, Dave, speaking of that, there's a lot of coaching vacancies now, right? D'Amico Ryans is a name, the 49ers defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's something that really, really boggled my mind yesterday is the Broncos wanted to interview Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator of the of the Rams. And I'm like, how could it? Yeah, they yeah. deserve they deserve to be bad if they hire Nathaniel Hackett and then also want to hire Raheem Morris. Like they don't deserve to ever win anything ever again because they just have inept front office members. The guy literally had the most talented defense in the NFL last season. He did just enough with the players. Now his adjustments were awful to win the Super Bowl. Where I mean, look, who's the best man for for any of these jobs? I know there's Sean Payton. Who's who's uh you know involved? No, listen, if Sean right? Payton leaves, he's he's not going to Denver. Off. No, it, if Sean Payton, yeah, no, I I think when you look at the Broncos situation, yeah, that Russell Wilson contract is just so bad. Now he he's he's got to talk to them. Uh, but the thing is, what are the Saints going to want in return? Probably two firsts, right? I mean, Belichick yeah. got how many firsts in two thousand? I mean, he's not to Belichick's level, yeah. but he's still a great football coach. Yeah. Right, Dave? So, I mean, what do you think about all these coaching vacancies? Who do you think are the best men for the jobs? Uh, well, I, I love Sean Payton as the head coach. Uh, he's a tremendous offensive mind. I think that's what Denver needs right now. Too. I, I, I just find it hard to believe Russell Wilson forgot how to play football in one year. I mean, in the last couple of years, he was pretty good in Seattle. I think this is a Nathaniel Hackett problem. Uh, trying to run that West Coast Aaron Rodgers-style offense, that is exactly the opposite of Russell Wilson's strengths. Uh, I, I think a better coach and, uh, and a fresh start would be great for him. And I think 
Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh both would be, because Harbaugh's great at working with and developing quarterbacks, but Sean Payton with the NFL experience in the Super Bowl, uh, I think he'd be great for Denver. Now, you brought up a good point, though. Um, until 2024, you're going to have to trade for him. So how bad do they want him? And that's, I think the Saints would be in a very good position here. <laughs> I'd ask for two number ones and maybe a player or maybe some more draft picks. And, and if they say no, say, well, you don't want him bad enough. Okay, good. Hire somebody else. That's, uh, uh, it, I think they've already played their hand uh, asking for permission to interview Sean Payton about how bad they want him. So I think this puts the Saints in a very good position here with compensation. But Harbaugh would be great, I think, working with Russell Wilson as well. Now, well, who are the other candidates? Were he Morris? I, I just don't. Their defense is already pretty good. They need an offensive-minded coach to to fix Russell Wilson. That's what I think they need. Yeah, I feel like the defense doesn't. I don't want to say they don't need any help or anything like that. They were one of like the top defenses in the league. Um, Dave, I wanted to switch gears over. Um, still sticking with the NFL, but I wanted to um, switch gears over to Sean McVay um, and all the rumors that he might possibly be leaving. Um, also, that he said that he doesn't really want to rebuild. Um, in, in a post game interview or in an interview, um, what do you believe? Um, do you believe he's going to stay? I mean, this has been like an ongoing thing. Like we had this conversation yeah. last year, right? You know, he was able to get this contract um, to sit on sit on his can and basically just talk about sports, which I I, I love that job. It's the dream, right? So, um, what what do you think are the chances of the Rams not having Sean McVay next year? That's a good question. You know, he talked about retiring last year after winning the Super Bowl and going out on top. And even though he, even though he's in his mid thirties, I think uh, he comes from a football family. His father, a coach, his grandfather, John McVay was instrumental with the uh, 49ers back in the eighties, winning all those Super Bowls, uh, being involved in personnel. And I think he's seen firsthand what it does to a man, the grind, the lack of sleep, the pressure, you know, aging somebody. And he doesn't want that to happen to him. He's got that beautiful house. He's, he's got that supermodel girlfriend that uh, that russian girlfriend i think that he's just uh, that he's engaged to i wouldn't be surprised if he stepped down i don't think it'll be permanent maybe for a couple of years but when he says he doesn't want to do a rebuild how, how far away are the rams really they lost a lot of close games this year and if they got matthew stafford back healthy and cooper cup back healthy and aaron donald decides to return i don't know i think i think there's still a playoff team next year with those with those three guys around what do you guys think I mean, I agree with you. I think that they they could be in playoff contention. Do you do you believe that they're like poised for another Super Bowl if all those parts are um, put in healthy? Um, I, I I don't see them going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You, you have to be lucky and stay injury free to get to yeah. a Super Bowl. Who knows? But I, I just don't think they're that far away. No NFL team really is that far away. These teams are also evenly matched. And look at Jacksonville this year uh, making the playoffs after a horrible year last year. I think if everyone's back healthy and McVay is back, I think they'll be okay next year. Just look at the scores. It's not like they're getting blown out every week, the Rams. They were hanging in there. They just didn't have good quarterback play, and they didn't have their go-to receiver in cup. Dave, now let's uh, focus on the uh, first weekend of postseason football in the National Football League. Beginning Saturday, we get the Chargers heading out to Jacksonville. It's a pick-em game, according to Circus Sports right now, that that line could— adjust a little bit but right now a pick em game um unique when you consider again the jags are playing at home the jags also blew out the the uh, chargers at sofi this season now again the, the the chargers have improved since then the jaguars aren't the same team your thoughts on that matchup again the first postseason start for justin herbert 
Uh, you know, uh, you know, going by history, uh, you know, the Chargers traveling east, uh, they'll find a way to lose based yeah. on that franchise's history, no matter what. But I just like them this week. I get a feeling on the Chargers. I think we're going to pull this game out maybe on a last-second field goal. And But if they do lose, um, I, do you think they'd fire Brendan Staley? They made the playoffs, and uh, they had a good year, but there's still talk like if they think they can get a Sean Payton or somebody better, he might go if they lose this game. I mean, that's the big question. And I, you normally would not think a coach who's led his team, again, with the yeah. number of guys who've been hurt, Dave, this year for the Chargers. But Brandon Staley's really driven that ship, got them into the postseason. But the, it, it's a very unique situation, Dave. Not only is Sean Payton there, Sean Payton is here locally. I mean, Sean Payton has set up shop in Manhattan Beach. He loves it out here. Who wouldn't? Um, and now you may have a situation yeah. where two head coaching jobs are here. I, I totally agree with you. I do think Sean McVay takes time off. But the big question is, if if the Chargers charger it up, and they, I know they hate to hear what I say that, but you know, find a way to lose a game that they should win. I do think Brandon Staley, because of Sean uh, Sean Payton, he is on the hot seat. You have a Super Bowl champion coach, and again, Sean Payton right now is putting together a fantastic staff. So whatever team he goes to is going to get an amazing coaching staff. So. And then at that point, if you're the, the Chargers, a couple of things that, that they really haven't done is is pay a ton for their head coach. I mean, so they would have to pay Sean Payton a ton of money, and then they would have to give up, obviously, some draft pick compensation. I do think it helps the Chargers that they're not on the same conference as the Saints. But, Dave, I 100% agree with you. I mean, if, they, if the Chargers lose this Saturday, if they lose this weekend in Jacksonville— and Sean Payton and the Chargers are are talking. I don't think Brandon Staley can survive a bad loss. Now, I think the bigger question would be, if he wins this game and he loses a close game to KC the following week, can you really fire him at that point? I, if he makes the playoffs and wins the game, I don't see how they could. I, but, I agree. Uh, and, and how bad do the Chargers want Sean Payton? Are they going to fire a coach who took him to the playoffs? Yeah. And then, you know, give Sean Payton $10 million a year and give up two number ones and maybe some more picks or players to get Sean Payton. Is that a good move for the Chargers there? That's the question. And by the way, why hasn't Dennis Allen been fired yet? There's another question. Well, that, is, I exactly. thought for sure he'd be the first one to go yesterday. 100%. Yeah. yeah. You know, Dave, I wanted to ask you, I ask this, you this question every week, but going into this wild card weekend, who are the top five teams in the NFL in which of these teams is on upset alert the most going into this weekend? Hmm. Well, I haven't seen the point spread. I, I, I'm not sure who's favored. I'm assuming the Cowboys are going to be favored in Tampa Bay. So I would say if you want to go upset alert, I would pick that game right there. The way the Cowboys are going right now and Dak Prescott keeps throwing the ball to the other team. And what the, what the week before last, Tom Brady looked like the old guy again. 430 yards passing, three touchdowns, three deep balls to Mike Evans. He looked fantastic. So Brady looks like he's back on point here, and he might be on the same page with his receivers finally. I, I think that one right there. I'm, uh, the Cowboys favored in that game. I, I haven't seen yes, the points, but I'm assuming they would be. They're, they okay, are. There, there's the upset the right there. I think Tampa Bay would be my upset pick. 
Okay, and then what are the chances? We saw how hard it is to beat a team three times in a year. I know the Seahawks don't have talent, but what are the chances the Niners lose that game? Dave, the, Dave, real quick. Uh, oh, Brand, yeah. I would say Brandon is the most nervous 49ers fan. We are on this text exchange with them, and it doesn't matter if they're up by 20 points. He doesn't like the way the defense is playing. Yep, He's concerned about it. This team, your guys is 49ers. They've won 10 straight games. They can't go oh, to a parked car okay. in the passing Dave, game right now. How concerned are you about your 49ers? I'm not concerned about this game. I'm actually I'm actually glad the Niners are playing Seattle. I don't think Seattle's any good. I, I don't think Geno Smith's going to go on the road and win a playoff game. So I'm, I'll tell you what I was nervous about. And thank God we had six corrupt... Uh, 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 corrupt crooked officials in that Ram Seahawks game. <laughs> Brandon brought up the same yeah, point. It was, it was amazing. Rams versus oh, Rams. My God. I'm not even a Rams, Rams fan. I'm not a Rams fan. I hate the Rams. I'm a 49ers fan, but they had that game literally stolen from them. They, they did. Five or six horrendous calls at the end of the game at overtime that, that tipped that game to Seattle. I tell you what, what I was worried about, I didn't want to play Detroit. I, I don't know if anybody wants to play them right now. Now, if the Lions are coming into San Francisco, I'd be worried sick because they've been hot. That Jared Goff's been playing great. they got all kinds of weapons on offense that they might be worried about. So I'm kind of glad the uh, the Rams got screwed over by the officials on Sunday. And Ben Ben Johnson's also one of the best offensive coordinators in football. And I love Dan Campbell. Oh, How could you not love it? He's my favorite coach in the NFL. I was so, the NFL hates the Lions. They found a way to not get him into the playoffs. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> did, you see, did you see that headline in the Detroit Free Press uh, two days after the game? That was it said it said only the Lions yeah. could find a way to get jobbed and screwed by the referees in a game they weren't playing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But they, I mean, think about they had they had it in the palms of their hands. That Carolina game they lost was the one that really hurt them. They were in the playoffs if they had won that game. Dave, but you so. can also you yeah, can they, also, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. I'm sure they gave up 321 yards rushing that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Carolina. Yeah, but you can also see the progression for Detroit. Like that, they are. Oh, they're going to be a wagon next year. They're going to be a wagon next year. The same year. thing with Jacksonville. Like I know that they just made the playoffs, like by the skin of their teeth. But it, I think that those are the teams that we're going to see. You're going to see progression. You're well, Trevor see Lawrence is generational, so I mean oh, they're going to they're going to have a Super Bowl with him at the yep. helm at some point. The Lions have the Lions have the sixth and the 18th pick in the first round coming up, plus cap space. They're yep. going to be a problem. They're going to be the team, I think, in that division for the next five years. Dave, we've been talking about them this entire season. I did not think the Lakers had much of a chance this season. But the West, Dave, I, I didn't expect the West to be this wide open. The Lakers really do have a shot here, Dave, of not just being a play-in team, maybe even working their way up to the sixth seed. They're only a game and a half back, I think, of the sixth seed. Um, Dave, if they get Davis back, if LeBron continues to play the way he's played, I mean, do you do they have a chance or are they a trade away again no one's thinking that this team is going to be a championship team dave but i mean the west is wide open i think garvin ham's doing a really good job coaching yeah. this team i've been saying it all year he was handed a uh, a really bad imbalanced roster here uh not much to work with and i think he's done a really good job and yeah um th this west isn't all that great you're right it's wide open a roster and i tell you what Le LeBron has been so fantastic since AD went out 
It's unbelievable. I think 13, 14 games, he's averaged 37 points and shot almost 60% from the floor. This, this, he has been unbelievably great since AD went out. And, uh, you know, just like, I tell you what, I don't think they're going to get out of the West, of course, uh, or be any threat for a championship. Yeah. But if AD is healthy, boy, is that a big if in capital letters right there? But if he's healthy, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs for anybody with LeBron and a healthy AD. They're going to be a problem for some teams. And also, we they don't play defense right now without Davis but when Davis comes back not with the way their offense is being played their defense will undoubtedly improve now I know they have zero perimeter defenders on the roster but when Davis he's just a game-changing defender you know what I mean Dave so that that really raises their and what he's been doing offensively you're absolutely right no one would want to play that team if they squeak into the playoffs in the first round no one would even with the lack of depth you know yeah, and uh, and who knows? Maybe a trade's coming up too. Maybe they'll get a little bit of help before the playoffs well, start. L- let me ask you this because I know Arash would probably want, want your thoughts on this too. The Lakers do not want to give up Kendrick Dunn, Patrick Beverly, and a first round pick for Bojan Bogdanovic. Would you? None, Beverly, and no. Um, too much. He's a he's a good player, but he's not that good. I, I know I, you could probably bring in a shooter and give a lot, give up a lot less than that. You know that that what that is that number one pick the twenty seven or twenty nine pick? Yes. Yeah. By that time, LeBron's going to be gone, and AD will probably be gone. That, that could be a high lottery pick. I don't know if I want to trade that one away. Davis might be retired by that time. Yeah. Unfortunately, and LeBron too. So yeah, that could be. Well, LeBron will really definitely be, be retired by that point, unless he <laughs> plays to like fifty. You know. Yeah, well, I think he's going to be the next Tom Brady, the way he's going at 38. And by the way, so I mean, he, he, he's confirmed it before he said it, but he confirmed it again this week. His goal, he wants to team with Bronny James. He doesn't want to just be on the same court with him. He doesn't want to go up against him. He wants to join his son. He wants to be teammates with his son. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at him playing a couple of years. And, David, I mean, at the very yep. least, what he's done there is raise the draft stock of his son because it does seem to be a package deal. If you draft <laughs> Bronny James, LeBron's going to tie him up his availability up the same time. And, again, he's going to sign with you for the minimum, and he's going to finish his career as a teammate of his son. I mean, that's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, Arash, I'm sure you, you covering that. You, I'm sure you've seen Bronny play in person. Um, <laughs> uh, I've seen him play a lot, living out in Chatsworth, and I know some of the I know the coach and the people out there at Shane Canyon. I've gone to some practices. Uh, I've watched him in person a lot over his career. He's not that good. I I, I hate to break the news to people. Uh, to me, he looks like at best the second round draft choice right now. Now I know a lot of times guys improve in their first year in college by leaps and bounds. You never know, but he's undersized. He's not off the charts athletic. Uh, well, last year, he wasn't even one of the five best guys on his team. He's not the best guy on his team this year. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I don't know. Does, does a team take him in the first round to get LeBron? There's no doubt. Oh, that he no, Dave, there is no doubt that a team is going to draft him. And, and again, the question is how high they would draft him. There is no doubt about it. LeBron son, Bronny James, will go in the first round because it is a confirmed package deal. Well, and isn't it more more so the fact that they're going to make... It's like the Kobe deal the last two years of the season. He's going to make them more money, maybe? Yeah, I mean, jersey sales, ticket sales. Listen, probably not a top 10 pick, obviously. But listen, if if, if you have no a way. chance... If you have a chance to get LeBron for at least one year... And the reason I say at least is if... 
well, let's see how he continues to play. But if Bronny is available, and he will be, uh, and you're sitting there at number fifteen, <laughs> and again, you're not just drafting Bronny, right? You're dra- you're you're effectively drafting LeBron for at least one year, and not LeBron at some max contract. It's a minimum deal. So, Dave. You're the, you're the best. Let's catch up again next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it. Brother got smoked When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.